I don't say this with pleasure or lightly. The man who is in my lifetime, I'm in my mid-50s, the man who in my lifetime has killed more people than anyone in my lifetime sat down for a deposition and showed why he is a successful sociopathic, psychopathic con artist and paper bully. And he's really good at it. It's remarkable how a man of the lie, and Tony Fauci is a walking, breathing lie, how he's just poured himself into the shape that he has to be to maintain the illusion of being a responsible doctor. It's a long deposition, and I'm still making my way through it. It's going to take weeks to really study it. But what's so clear is that this man is just everything I just said. And his legacy, Fauci's legacy, is going to be based upon statements like this. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there. So it's easy to criticize. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science. You don't. You represent pharma and you represent yourself and you represent power and your legacy. This is your legacy, Tony. Well, I don't think it's forever irreparably damaged anyone. But Uh, The COVID policies, the lockdowns, the hospital restrictions, the new protocols hasn't irreparably damaged anybody. Stacey Agresnik would beg to differ. So I, I was just trying to take it all in that he's like lying to me and freaking out that my husband's now on a vent. I'm picturing that my husband probably fought for his life um, as they were doing that and how scared he had to have been not to have nobody in his corner. She was in his corner, but they had removed her. Just like they removed Grace's dad from protecting his little girl. We'll begin an analysis of the Fauci deposition with the help of friends from Healthy Cell at HealthyCell.com slash Todd. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And it is incumbent upon me to remind myself uh, that God gives us these days as an opportunity to rejoice. And again, we are told to rejoice. We get to say these things. Fauci is, was forced to undergo a deposition. Uh, It is clear from the way he and his lawyers interacted in the room. They didn't want to be there. And who would want to be, frankly, being deposed? It can be fun if the lawyer is a clown. Uh, I've been deposed once. I'll tell the story sometime. It was ambulance chasing stuff. So Tony Fauci sat down for depositions. And the lawyer wanted to start right away with the origin of the COVID virus. And from the very, very beginning, Fauci's attorneys made one thing very clear. This is interesting to me. So, the, the, of course, the, 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 um, the, as the defense, there's some things that they want to rein in. Uh, but the plaintiffs just wanted to have Fauci approve so, or, or uh, say if he recognized some documents. It's, it's a very simple thing that happens 
in depositions. And the game is, right, do you recognize this? And what they're doing is they're building up to a point of, okay, I recognize this or I don't recognize this. But it was right off the bat that Tony's, Fauci's lawyers objected. Counsel, this is a standing objection for all the documents you show. I would ask that you preference your questions to the extent that Dr. Fauci recognizes it outside of the capacity of preparation for the deposition. So what he's saying is he doesn't want this lawyer to try to figure out what documents Tony Fauci was made to study prior to his deposition. And I like what, uh, what, what uh, Mr. Sauer says, uh, the attorney, the plaintiff's attorney at this point doing the speaking. He said, you raise a good point. And then he says, Dr. Fauci, did you review any documents in preparation for your deposition today? Fauci, well, uh, we did a couple of documents, a, a few documents, yeah. <laughs> and he follows up with the question, what documents were those? And again, uh, the attorney for Fauci says, I object on work product grounds. I instruct the witness to not answer. <laughs> They don't want us to know what Fauch looked at. Remember, they tried to make sure that we didn't even get to see this. But then the lawyer got down to work and Fauci does everything he can to obscure and to lie and to snake. And it's fascinating to see the things that the, the brilliant Dr. Fauci, who sighs himself, the things that he remembers and then does not remember. It's a fascinating pattern. Oh, to put this guy in the stand? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't be a lawyer, but I could be a litigator. Oh, just tear this guy rhetorically apart. And quite frankly, it wouldn't even be that hard to do. Um, The soda weight loss protocol. Let me just get this. I don't want to get it out of the way, uh, but let me get something out of the way. It's this. The holidays are a terrible time to start a fat loss program. Now, that's a myth. Because people will put that off, put that off, put that off. And by the time they get going on the program, they put on another 10, 15 pounds of fat. It's not unusual for Americans throughout the holidays to put on 15 pounds of fat, seven and a half for women. Now, not only is that counterproductive to your ultimate goal, it also costs you more money, right? So getting with the program now can actually give you a step up. And this doesn't mean that you don't eat what you want to eat on the holidays. You simply share with your nutritionists and teams of nutritionists at SodaWeightLoss.com. Hey, I'm going to cut loose a little bit on Christmas or New Year's Eve or whatever's your bag. And they can work around that and they'll tell you, hey, it slows the process. And here's some tricks. I'll give you a trick of the trade. Protein load before a high carbohydrate meal. That's a trick of the trade. Combine it with fiber. That's a trick of the trade. How do I know this? Because I've taken off 150 pounds of unwanted fat, and I've kept it off, and there's a lot of other tricks. Here's a trick that doesn't work. Starving yourself all day, and then sitting down for a massive meal. Unless you do that on a regular basis, your body's going to take all of that and say, oh, man, we got to store this because we're getting into some weird territory. 
The people at Soda Weight Loss, SodaWeightLoss.com know far more about this than I'll ever know. They've gone from one location in Dallas, Texas to seven. Then they found that people were coming all around from the eastern seaboard to the southeastern seaboard to Dallas and their other locations. So they went national. You never need to leave your home. They've got it all handled. The convenience foods, the Christian meditation programs, the advice, all of it. It's SodaWeightLoss.com. S-O-T-A WeightLoss.com. The legacy of Tony Fauci includes this, and we'll get back to the deposition. Um, Duke University has refused a kidney transplant for a dying little girl unless she agrees to get injected with the mRNA. Um, Duke University are murderers. The people behind this are murdering this girl. They're not doctors. They are not following the Hippocratic Oath. Everything about this is disgusting, and it's all Fauci. It's all Fauci and the cult of Fauci and the cult of credentialism and the cold calculating you are going to bend to our will. This is the result of the changing of doctors from entrepreneurial-minded, patient-centered people to data entry folks who work at, a, at, at a big hospitals for big systems and are part of unions. And that goes back to Obamacare. You are seeing the residue of Barack Hussein Obama. Mm, 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 God, God rest rush. Here's a write-up on this. Two Christian parents, Chrissy and Lee Hicks, both North Carolina Army veterans, have 11 children, including a 14-year-old girl, Yulia, who's rescued as an orphan from Ukraine. Yulia has been shuffled around the United States and transferred between caretakers several times and has finally been adopted by the Hicks, who feel a strong determination and sense of duty to give their daughter some stability and justice in life. Despite coming this far, Yulia is now being denied a critical organ transplant due to her vaccination status. They're not vaccinations. Tragically, Yulia's health has been slipping due to genetic kidney disorder. The Hicks family has sought to help her and has been embraced and encouraged by Durham Duke medical staff for being a serious-minded family that cared well for Yulia and who followed all medical procedures and guidelines given to them, getting Yulia closer to the transplant process. But they will not take the injections. And so the people at Duke who are refusing this treatment are choosing to murder her. When you can say they're withholding care, fine. Then you could do the same thing. Someone comes into your uh, someone comes into your hospital. They're having a heart attack. Hey, uh, did you get the polio vaccine? Uh, no. Okay. Well, have fun dying. That's the legacy of Doctor Tony Fauci, who represents science itself. So they get this on record that the uh, the defense does not want to give the uh, the, the 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 plaintiffs any idea of the documents that Fauci studied in so that they could build in their rehearsal, because I'm, I'm going to bet they rehearsed for this. Question. Let me ask you this. In 2011, did you co-author an op-ed with Francis Collins in the Washington Post called A Flu Virus Worth Taking? Fauci. <laughs> well, uh, I have it in front of me here, and it has my name on it. So, yes, it, it, looks, it looks like I did co-author an editorial in the Washington Post on December 30th of 2011. Can you see him sneering through this? And this reveals so much. He's going to go on, and just in the next answer, he's going to reveal that he is only going to remember the things he chooses to remember. 
and he's playing the very important man. Uh, apparently, I did I did co-author uh, an editorial. You know, I'm very sorry. But he gets into this, the eagle thing. He can't hold it in because he's a psychopath. Follow-up question from the attorney. Do you remember doing it? Or do you only remember because you see it in front of you? Fauci. No, I, I vaguely remember. Uh, this was 11 years ago. I've written 1,300 articles over my last several years. See how that rolls off the tongue? See how that number rolls off the tongue? So you remember the number 1,300, but you don't remember this editorial until we've handed it to you. Or no, you vaguely remember. Now, pay attention to the word vaguely. This is why this guy is a successful snake of a bureaucrat. Because in every sentence, he inserts wiggle room. In every sentence, he can go back later and say, well, I did say I had a vague memory. He does this in particular when it comes to meeting with his fellow technocrats, uh, the technocrats who his organization funded to work with the Chinese Communist Party in order to make viruses more dangerous to human beings. And you listen to the way Fauci uh, worms his way around, do you know these people? Question. You look at the final paragraph on the first page, in the first, well, sort of the first sentence of the final paragraph of the first page, and your op-ed states, he's quoting here the op-ed. Given these uncertainties, important questions, or pardon me, given these uncertainties, Important information and insights can come from generating a potentially dangerous virus in the laboratory. Do you remember writing that? Lawyer for Fauci. Counsel, I, 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 would, ask, I would ask for Dr. Fauci to have an opportunity to familiarize himself with the document. The, um, Fauci. Yeah. Mr. Kirshner. Prior to answering questions about it, the witness. Yeah, yeah. L- l- let me read it and see. Mr. Sauer. Let me ask a question. Unreal. So, in other words, Fauci's going to get take time to read it later, because, and they don't get. I don't. Maybe they get to recall him, but usually they don't. It's usually one shot. Question from uh, from Mr. Sauer. Now, the uh, the plaintiff's attorney. Let me ask you a question unrelated to that document, and just in general, do you believe, as you sit here today, that important information insights can come from generating a potentially dangerous virus in a laboratory? Listen to Fauci. Well, yeah, uh, if you take into the correct context, because when you say generating uh, a potentially dangerous virus in the laboratory, uh, that's that's usually in the context of, of for example, I'm taking this H5N1 and studying it in different ways that could potentially make it more dangerous, but only under very strict conditions laid out uh, for the guardrails of conducting experiments uh, that, that could potentially create uh, such a, a dangerous virus. And if you look at the context of this particular paper, uh, the point that Dr. Collins, Dr. Nobel, and I were making, that, that, that there's a risk we were take, uh, talking about with the pandemic influenza, uh, to understand it as best as possible. And in fact, if you go to the next paragraph, we say understanding the biology of the virus transmission has implications for, for outbreak prediction uh, and prevention and treatment. And the point we're making in this article is that there's a risk-to-benefit ratio like this. And the point we're making it says a risk we're taking if the benefit is the protection of the American and global public. He's filibustering. You see what he does? So he, he, they have him for a limited period of time. He goes into tech speak. Right? 
He could have said, yes, so long as the risk-reward ratio is correct, but that's not what he does. So he begins the filibuster. Now, question. If the COVID flu, such as it is, SARS-CoV-2, number one, if it's a virus, and at this point, I've not seen anything to prove it's not a virus, but I've interviewed a lot of experts who say there's no way, A, that this is a virus, and B, a lot of experts saying, I don't know that it's ever been cultured. So I'm open to this. But if it came out of that lab in China with your money behind it, did it contain the danger? Did that lab seem particularly well run? No. Well, how do I know? Because when Barack Hussein Obama, when it became public that, that your money was working with the Chinese Communist Party to do this, Barack Hussein Obama was forced to put a pause on this research because that lab was notoriously loosely run. And if it came out of that lab and was unleashed either intentionally or accidentally, did they meet those guardrails? Back now to this. This is important. This is the question again by Mr. Sauer, plaintiff's attorney. This Exhibit 2 is a document printed off the NIH website called Understanding the Risk of Bat Coronaviruses. Are you familiar with the project that's referred to in this document titled Understanding the Risk of Bat Coronavirus Emergence? Fauci. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with the fact that Eco Alliance has been doing research and trying to understand the bat coronavirus emergence. He doesn't answer the question. He's vaguely aware of something. Follow-up question. And this project initiated in 2014, on your understanding? Um, I, I do not know. Uh, that's not something that I would have followed very carefully. Pause. Pause. Removing my, coming away from the, 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 uh, the deposition here for a second. Now, my follow-up question would have been this. Dr. Fauci, as the person ultimately in charge of this agency, you did not personally investigate how our interactions with a Chinese Communist Party lab we're being treated. You just spoke of guardrails for gain-of-function research. Did you not make it a priority to observe those guardrails? They didn't do that. Now, maybe they're waiting. I am not a lawyer, and these guys are a thousand times better than I am. They're in the process of building a case. They asked a lot of questions here that they already know the answers to. And they'll come back, and, and God willing, this moves forward in court. So the lawyer follows up this way. Would you have approved this in your capacity as the head of the NIAD? Now's where we get to snaking. So he's asking, would you have approved this particular grant, this eco-alliance, this activity? Answer, um, I do. And then the lawyer, the lawyer jumps in. Objection! Assuming evidence not in record. But he doesn't say Fauci can't answer. So the lawyer, plaintiff's lawyer, you may answer. Now listen, this is so, so important. This is such a DC thing. 
so, so D.C. Well, I, I, I do not individually approve grants. Uh, they go through multiple levels of peer review, so I, I would not have, by, by, by standard way things work, uh, uh, have seen this, read it, or, 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 or individually approved it. That's not the way that things work at the Institute. Got it? Now, in a little bit, Fauci's going to contradict that sort of behavior. He doesn't directly contradict it. But when he gets ahead of steam talking about the great Tony Fauci, he kind of belies that that would have been the case. So the lawyer moves on and begins to drill down on this. And it gets very, very interesting. The lawyer asks the question, do you have any recollection of this at the time? And Fauci may have set himself up for a whooping in court. Because I think Fauci has probably committed a whole bunch of perjury in this. In fact, I know he perjured himself on on at least one occasion. And I think I've mentioned that before. You know, I, I, I feel pretty rotten uh having believed the white coats for all these years and i feel pretty rotten when i refer to the white coats because i know there's a bunch of people in healthcare, patient care who are phenomenal and so i i want to put this over to you guys i want to put this over to you um you guys have the capacity to help people get out of the pharmaceutical insurance cartel. And there's some simple things. I I would like to offer you guys this in terms of, you know, people who work in patient care. In fact, people who are right now in patient care, if if you're being cared for as a patient, and one of the things that you're told to do is to take a series of supplements and vitamins, and I'm that age. I have a hormone doc I work with, and she has me on some pills. And some other things. So if you're in that position and you have somewhere, I don't know, most people keep this in their bathroom, I guess, vitamins, um, supplements, sleep aids, things like that. I want you to understand that you might be wasting an enormous amount of money. See, there's an absorption issue with that stuff. Those, those packed down tablets, those, that's based on a 1930s technology. And they're so tightly packed and compounded, and this comes from a study that Healthy Cell did, that that stuff is sometimes not absorbable by the body. It may waste away your money, right? And you're not getting the benefit from it. Now, on the other hand, looking at this, the founder of Healthy Cell, and I talked to him for at least, gosh, over an hour when we first met. This became his obsession. Why are people wasting this money? So he created something at his company called Microgel. It's a technology that delivers just absolute, multi, the, best, the best absorption. It's 165% more absorption, um, creates more absorption, 165% more than tablets. And it is great tasting. I'll testify to that. That is a fact. It's pill free. It's convenient. I just took one when I came into the studio. Okay, I took the uh, I took the um, the the vitamin when I walked into the studio. You just rip off the top, you take it. It does taste good, and it's more natural. 
these old-fashioned capsules, they, they contain, you know, these powders, synthetic called other ingredients like binding and glues and flow agents and, and fillers and coatings and stuff that irritates your gut. Toss these things. Go to HealthyCell.com, and there's a website they've created just for us, HealthyCell.com slash Todd. That's HealthyCell.com slash Todd. Use the promo code Todd for 20% off your first order. Again, that's HealthyCell.com slash Todd. Promo code Todd for 20% off your first order. There's the REM sleep aid. There is the vitamins I've mentioned, daily vitamins. There is a focus and recall product. In fact, I should go take that now. In fact, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go take it now. HealthyCell.com slash Todd. This is literally how easy this is. Done. That's healthy cell. So the question for Fauci, uh, in following up by this attorney, they're beginning to lead Fauci down a path I was hoping they would lead him to. And that is this. Um, He is lying when he talks about gain-of-function research. They know that. They're proving that. But they're starting to get to the point where the questions get more and more narrow. So they asked, do you have any recollection of this at the time? Um, I have no recollection. Uh, I have recollection uh, of the initiation of this grant. I have no recollection of the initiation of the grant. Listen so carefully. So carefully. I I, I have no recollection. um, I have no recollection of the initiation of this grant. So, so well done. He said, I have no recollection of the initiation of this grant. See, this affords him the ability to come back later and say, oh, no, I never said that I wasn't aware of it. I, was, I never said I wasn't aware that it was looked at. I never said I wasn't aware that it was initiated. I had no memory of the initiation when it happened. That's the work of a lying snake. Lawyer, for the plaintiffs, if you flip to the second page under details, it mentions EcoHealth Alliance. You referred to that a second ago as the recipient of the project. Oh, right. Is that right? Right. And that's your understanding. Did they receive funding under this project? Is that right? Objection. Assuming evidence not in record. Mr. Sauer. Plaintiff's attorney, you may answer. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Would you uh, would you repeat the question? I'm not understanding what the question is. Oh, really? No, he understands what the question is. He understands exactly what the question is. Plaintiff's attorney, is it your understanding that Eco Alliance received funding from NIAD under this project? Fauci. Well, uh, looking at this, um, I, 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 I can't make that connection. I, I do know uh, with all of the activity that's been going on with Eco uh, Health Alliance and, the, and NAID funding, uh, that indeed NIAD was, uh, has funded Eco Alliance. I, I, I don't know if I can specifically link it um, to the particular grant because uh, this is the first time that I've seen this piece of paper. This piece of paper. I was once asked in the only deposition through which I've been, a very nice, 
very young, very inexperienced, very charming, by the way, Southern belle of a, law- of a lawyer. I don't know if that's a sexist thing to say. Who is working for <laughs> a real snake, an ambulance chaser. Um, she was really bad at her job. And she asked me, and, and my lawyer was a big time litigator. And she was really good. And she insisted, you will answer the exact question they ask you. You will listen very carefully and you will answer the exact question. And the lady said to me, Mr. Herman, do you recognize this piece of paper? And I, and I looked her in the eye and I said, no, ma'am, I do not. It is your testimony, sir, that you do not recognize this piece of paper. No, ma'am, I do not. She was asking me about the piece of paper. And I'll tell the story later about this, but listen to how Fauci says it. Uh, This is the first time I've seen this piece of paper. I recognize the words on the paper. If she had asked me, do you recognize this document? I would have said yes. This piece of paper? No. How could I know this piece of paper? He's playing the game. Plaintiff's attorney. Gotcha. Above that, it lists a man called Peter Daszak. Is that how you say his name? Do you know? Um, I'm not sure. I think it's Daszak. Um, I think so. Do you know Mr. Daszak? Um, I've, met him. I've, I've, I've met him once or twice. I, I would not exactly characterize him as an acquaintance. <laughs> in what connection have you met sorry go ahead lawyer from Fauci can, can you please let the witness answer the question Mr. Sauer go ahead so what's the question again in what connection have you met him meaning Peter Daszak Fauci this is, this is so peak Fauci um, you know I don't even remember meeting him, but I do know that someone showed me a picture at a meeting where somebody said, here, uh, take a picture with this. And so I, I, I clearly must have met him because there's a photograph, I believe, of he and I. And, but that's not unusual. When you go to scientific meetings, you run into hundreds of people. And I believe that this, this, uh, this Dr. Dasik is, is one of the people that I almost, well, I, I didn't run into him because I, I, because I believe I've, I've seen a, a photograph of he and I together at a meeting, but, uh, he's not somebody that I would have, um, uh, had a major amount. I, I, I think someone in one of the, uh, the thousands of emails of mine, uh, that have been, uh, uh, foiled, um, someone showed me, uh, I think, or pointed out that, um, there was an email, uh, uh, from Peter Daszak to me. And, uh, I, I don't remember the context, but I, 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 uh, I think it was some, uh, casual type of response to something, but it's not something, uh, that I would deal with on, on a regular basis. Everyone clear? See the dance? Dazic is one of the guys who's up to his neck in gain of function, as the reports indicate. Media reports. Dazic is one of the guys whose name goes around the circles of patent trading. Prior to SARS CoV 2, being turned into COVID-19. When that virus was in the wild, or that, that illness was in the wild, 
from mid to late 2019. And someone somewhere said, let's turn this into a PSYOP. Because that's what they did. He's in the circle of people who are going out and trading patents on approaches to dealing with the COVID flu, if you want to believe they dealt with it. Fauci knows this guy, in my judgment. Then, fast forward a bit through the deposition, and the lawyer begins to talk about something called reverse genetics. And in this process, Fauci goes where a snake is going to go into his pit of credentialism. And he knows, as I'm reading this, and I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm imagining how Fauci was speaking through this. As I read the answers, and as I'm interpreting this, Fauci is feeling cornered. And so he does what a snake would do, a rattlesnake, as he starts to shake its tail. Or like a, a dog in the yard that's, that's not a confident dog. But it starts to growl a bit. And I'm big and its fur comes up. And Fauci starts to act very much what he is, which is a psychopath. And he retreats into egotism. We'll get to that. And more Fauci quotes that cement his legacy. Terrible as it is. You know, doing Fauci stuff is hard. I didn't bring enough to drink in here. It is. Doing his voice all this time, it's tough on my voice. <laughs> so my daughter was outside the studio the day, and, and, and she said later, uh, she's in a good mood teasing me, and later she said, um, do you think that your audience really wants to <laughs> know what, what you do with towels? I mean, I heard you in there talking about wrap yourself in luxury. No offense, Dad. I mean, I think you're a good-looking guy for your age, um, and you try to keep in shape. But, you know, I don't know that people need to hear that. I took that under advisement. And so I'm going to say it this way about the MyPillow um, towel set, the six-piece towel set. I've used a ton of towels. I've been in some pretty luxury hotels in my time, back in the business travel days, back in the king of the universe days. Been in the Helmsley Arms and made a second home out of the um, the W um, New York Times Square. And once, in fact, got to, to have a penthouse there because they screwed up my reservation. I got to have one of the top floor penthouses. Had like four bedrooms. And there's some luxury stuff in there. Honestly, uh, the My Pillow towels are the most absorbent. They are the softest I've experienced. And if they weren't, well, I wouldn't say so. I'd tell you they're a good towel, but these are great towels. And they're also made in the United States of America with USA cotton. And if you buy right now before December 25th, that 60-day money-back guarantee, that's extended all the way through March 1st, 2023. So you can return them if you're not fully satisfied. And so these come with two bath towels. Incidentally, I think that you could call these beach towels. I think you could defend that. They're that big. 
two bath towels, two hand towels, and a washcloth two-pack. So I will not say the line that so offended my daughter. I would just say, you two can have these fantastic, absorbent, soft towels, but at an insane price. Do it now. Regularly $89.98, now only $39.98. That's more than 50% off at MyPillow.com slash Herman. Use promo code Herman. There you'll find deep discounts on all MyPillow products and get your six-piece MyPillow towel set for only $39.98. Shop MyPillow.com slash Herman, promo code Herman. That's MyPillow.com slash Herman, promo code Herman. It hasn't been proven in a clinical trial because we don't have time to do a clinical trial because we need to get the vaccine out now because we have such a situation throughout the world and certainly in the United States. That's a man who uh, was and is still enthusiastic about uh, injecting infants and very young children with the mRNA that has never been tested. There's no time. I mean, don't you know it's an emergency? So the lawyer for the uh, for the uh, the plaintiffs. This is further on down the deposition because I could mind this for I could mind this for the next year because Fauci's such a psychopath. Asks, does reverse genetics refer? What does reverse genetics refer to in that line? Do you know? Kirshner objection. The witness. Um. I'm not really quite sure what they're referring to. Uh, reverse genetics can mean uh, many things. Uh, manipulation of a virus, uh, recombination, uh, th- th- things like that. I- I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure what they're referring to. Okay, let me help. For people who've been, worked in tech like I have way back in the day before I began to loathe tech, it's like reverse engineering. You look at the end state of something. You say, this is how it exists. How would this have been built? Can it refer to what we were talking to uh, a minute ago that you talked about in your 2011 op-ed about generating a more dangerous virus in the laboratory? Can reverse genetics refer to that? Again, Fauci's lawyer, objection, calls for speculation. Fauci, uh, yeah, um, you know, uh, reverse genetics is very, uh, it's, a, it's a broad term that uh, it, it could have um, uh, multiple uh, applications, uh, the, the influence of virus vaccine that I hope you were vaccinated with this year was, was likely produced uh, 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 by reverse genetics. So, so reverse genetics is a, is a very broad categorization. Lawyer, can it refer to genetic manipulation of a virus in a way that renders it either more transmissible or virulent? Fauci's attorney, Mr. Kirshner, objection calls for speculation. Can it refer to that on your understanding, Dr. Fauci? Well, like I said, um, reverse genetics is a very broad uh, terminology, and, and it, mean, it means manipulation of a virus. Uh, we do that when we create an, uh, an, an uh, attenuated uh, influenza virus, and, and I, I believe it can be also done uh, to amplify the function of the virus. Amplify. Anyone have a guitar amp that calls amplification gain? Gain of function. After a bit, this rolls back over. 
Now, to the 2014 pause on gain-of-function research. And incidentally, the reason that they're spending so much time with this is because Fauci was in a coordinated effort with the disgraced, pretend evangelical Christian, Francis Collins, who loves abortion, and Bob Redford, uh, who is trying to, Redfield, Robert Redfield, who's trying to revitalize his career or his believability, or maybe, maybe God willing. And wouldn't this bring glory to the Lord? Uh, he may well have recognized that he's on this side of evil. Um, that They're talking about this pause. Because Fauci and those guys were in the process of trying to destroy any thought that this could have come out of the Wuhan lab. When in all likelihood, this came out of the Wuhan lab. As we're getting closer and closer and closer to proving. So now the lawyer is really beginning to drill down. And what he's aiming at here is multiple things. One, when Fauci called that disinformation, he was lying. Two, and this is so, so interesting. He's getting to the point of trying to prove that Fauci ignored the order to stop gain-of-function research. Question to Fauci. The question is, are you familiar with the U.S. government policy that uh, adopted in 2014 pausing gain-of-function research on certain viruses? Answer. Um, Yes, I'm familiar with it. And was there an exception to that policy? Yes or no? Uh, uh, To my, my, uh, it it says right here, uh, exception, so obviously uh, 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 there was. Were you aware of that exception at the time? Uh, Because at the time it was adopted? Fauci. Uh, uh, well, either at the time it was adopted or sometime thereafter, and, and to my recollection, and again, uh, this was 2014, uh, we're talking about eight years ago, uh, my, my, my recollection is that the pause was for all research such as this until a, a new U.S. government research policy could be developed. And, the lawyer, to Fauci, and was there an exception to that pause that set forth in the footnote on your understanding. Yeah, um, the deliberations at the time, based on the need to continue a certain critical research, uh, there was an exception clause that was put in saying that that under uh, 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 special circumstances, and, and, and I'll read it so that you'll get an understanding, uh, an exception from the pause may be obtained uh, if the head of a U.S. government funding agency determines that the research is urgently needed uh, to protect the public health or national security. Um, so at the time, uh, that pause on all this research was implemented, uh, it, was, it was felt strong strongly by just about everybody uh, in the research community and in, 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 in on public health community um, that if you paused everything, uh, that there might be a situation where you would want uh, to do an experiment that, 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 that would be urgently necessary uh, to protect the public health and, and national security and, and, and therefore uh, w- would allow an exception uh, to be considered. Question to Fauci. Did you ever invoke that exception when, or the head of the U.S. government funding agency? Yeah, aren't you? Yeah. Did you ever invoke that, insect, uh, that exception during the years the pause was in place? Well, um, as I recall, 
Exceptions were given to a couple of experiments, uh, to my recollection, uh, that, that does not usually rise up to the office of the director, uh, but it's handled at the staff level and, and, and the deputy, so I don't, I don't recall. Uh, it's possible, though I doubt it, but, but it's possible that a, that a piece of paper that was at uh, ultimate sign-off uh, 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 to an exception came to my desk, uh, uh, but I doubt it because I do not recall specifically ever being uh, someone that put a piece of paper in front of me and said we're going to have an exception uh, would you sign off on it so uh, it's it's likely though again and i'm not certain uh it was eight years ago uh, it was likely uh, that it was done at the staff level or or uh, at, the, at the level of of the deputy um the deputy level this is a man who also said but if they get up and really aim their bullets at tony fauci well people could recognize there's a person there so it's easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science because I represent science. The man who represents science did not say to his staff, the president of the United States has told us to pause all of this. So nothing moves forward without me seeing it. Do you hear me? This is a must. All gain of function research comes to me. I will decide who would do that. Someone who wanted to follow the civilian leader. At the time, Barack Hussein Obama, mm, 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 God bless Rush. Who else would do that? Someone deeply concerned about the health of the public would do that. Buck stops with me. Who either wouldn't do that? In other words, keep it at the deputy level. So his fingerprints are never on it. Or pretend to have done that. A psychopath who would toss his staff under several buses and the semi and and a a herd of elephants. Anthony S. Fauci. Lawyer for the plaintiffs. Is it your understanding that anyone at NAID authorized any research under this pause during the years that the gain, the, 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 the moratorium was in effect? Uh, again, lawyer breaks in. Fauci's lawyer. Objection calls for speculation. If you know, Fauci. Um, well, my memory's vague because it, it was eight years ago, but I, I understand in subsequent discussions uh, there the, the, the may have been a couple of exceptions to that uh, in the context of, of research that was considered uh, necessary for protection uh, of, of public health and national security. Question, did any of those projects relate to research on viruses conducted by EcoHealth Alliance? Fauci's lawyer, objection assumes evidence not in the record. Fauci, um... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not certain. I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't really recall. I, I know. Uh, I believe that, that that after the fact, I was brought. Um, it was it was brought to my attention that there uh, that there were exceptions. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not quite sure uh, what the exceptions were for. But uh, but there were a couple of exceptions. Lawyer for the plaintiffs, Mr. Sauer. Who in your agency would have authorized those if not you? Well, it could have been any number of people. Um, it, it, it could have been people at the, at the program level. It, it could have been my deputy. It, 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 it could have been program managers and, and division directors. 
Stop. The President of the United States of America said, pause, do not engage in gain-of-function research unless these criteria are met. This man, who remembered he wrote 1,300 op-eds, couldn't be bothered to make sure that any exception to that crossed his desk. Of course he could have been bothered. In his description, it would have been a, a very rare occurrence, maybe once or twice in his tenure at this point, since the order was new in 2014. He didn't want to know, or he's lying. Either case, it's sociopathic. Lawyer, who's your deputy? Uh, Dr. Hugh uh, uh, goes and they go through, how's this guy's name spelled? And they go through several more documents and a little bit more interaction. Well, a lot more interaction. This is like a 500-page document. But part of this that's so revealing is that at one point in the deposition, and we'll get to this, Dr. Fauci had to be warned by the plaintiff's attorney to not continue to hyperventilate and to obfuscate and to brag. And here this moment is. They're talking about some concerns about gain of function. They're talking about concerns that people had raised to him. People had emailed him. And people on his staff were discussing that this virus might not have come from the wild. There were urgent phone calls. There was a note from Fauci at 1230 midnight, 1230 just after midnight. We need to talk tomorrow. And one of the things that's redacted is a CC on that email that Fauci sent saying we need to talk tomorrow. And there was an article that seemed pretty solid in its analysis that this virus, if that's what it is, came from the Wuhan lab. And that resulted in Fauci 12.30 midnight saying, we need to talk. So this is what they're talking about here where the lawyer for the plaintiff says, do you know why he brought that concern to you in particular? Kirshner, objection, calls for speculation. Fauci answers. Um, Well, I would imagine, uh, since I am, uh, with all due modesty, uh, recognized as one of the top infectious disease people in the country and the director of the major research institution for infectious diseases in the world, uh, that Christian and Jeremy, I know, and I've known Jeremy for a long time, that they thought it would be a good idea for me uh, to give a call since I'm looked upon, uh, rightly or not, as the top government infectious disease expert. And, and they felt, and, and I believe, and you'll have to ask them, but I felt they believed since I'm generally considered the top government infectious disease person and that it would be appropriate uh, to let me know at the same time as we brought it. And I don't, li- I don't have the list in front of me of, of the scientists we brought together on the phone call the following day, which was Saturday. And let me, let me finish because I think this is very important because uh, the people we brought in we tried to get a large international group of people together uh, so we could have have well representation uh, as to my recollection there were people like Sir Patrick Valance who was the chief scientist in England on the phone among other people Mr. Sauer could I pause for a second Fauci uh, sure this is a deposition I'm going to ask you questions and I'm going to ask you to listen to these questions right 
and answer the questions that I'm asking. Okay. And not go off on like a tangent. Fine. Can you do that, please? I would be happy to do that. Did you hear the ego? And there's so much more in this. And what it comes down to, as I read this, is Fauci would like us to believe that a man who just said that I'm the top of the top of the top. And so my staff felt I should know because I'm the top of the top of the top. Also didn't think he should know. We have decided to avoid the president's prohibition against gain of function. We're invoking the exception. Nonsense. Nonsense. I hope the plaintiff's attorneys have proof that he's lying because he's, in my judgment, lying. And as the deposition rolls on, becomes very, very clear that in this email exchange, in this, this 12.30, just after midnight exchange, Fauci doesn't want us to know who was involved in that. He doesn't want us to know who he CC'd and why that was redacted. And at one point, the lawyer asks about this analysis, this article that caused Fauci to want to talk just, you know, to say we need to talk in the morning just after midnight to, to, to get together all these very important credentialed men because, you know, he's the top at the top. Lawyer says this, uh, lawyer for the plaintiffs. And this is about his staff and others saying, you know what? This looks man-made. Lawyer, Dr. S- uh, Mr. Sauer, do you think that was an alarming concern that he was raising? Fauci. Well, I think it was interesting and an important concern. And, and that, was the, that was the reason we all agreed it would be a very good idea uh, to get to a larger group of qualified uh, evolutionary virologists uh, to look closely, uh, more than just a quick look, um, just to look over a, a period of a couple of days at the virus to see if, in fact, the concern um, and suspicion was justified or, or, or there could be a better explanation for it. Can you say... In that same document, Exhibit 6, flip ahead uh, to the eighth page of the document. Um, that's got a Bates number 2432 at the bottom. So now they go through this argument that the pages aren't numbered the right way. And I, I understand Fauci's lawyer's point. They should be argued the right way. They go off the record. They come to some agreement and they come back. Dr. Fauci, do you see the eighth page of this document? Yeah, it's the one that says, uh, Hugh, it's essential that we speak. Yeah, correct. Yes. And at the top of this page, you sent this email to Hugh Auchincloss. Uh, yeah, correct. Is that how you say his name? Uh, yeah, that's correct. You sent this email to Hugh Auchincloss, your principal deputy. Yeah. Did you send it at 12.29 a.m. on Saturday, February 1st? Um, yes. In the two email, there's a CC there that's redacted out. Do you know who CC'd on this email? Mm, no, I don't recall. Would you have CC'd one of your personal email addresses on this? Um, uh, No, I very rarely do that. Lawyer, have you ever done that? 
Have you ever CC'd your personal email on a work-related matter? Um, you know, I, 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 I don't recall. I, 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 uh, I, 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 I doubt that. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there. So it's easy to criticize. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science. Do you see the attachments that's listed on this email? Attachments? Do you see where it says she et al. Nature medicine. Yeah. SARS gain of function? Right. Do you know what the attachment was? It's not included on the email. Uh, well, you know, it says SARS, Beric, she, etc. cetera. Uh, it could, could, possibly could have been. And again, I, I, I don't know for sure, um, but it's certainly consistent with B, with exhibit number four. He's saying now, oh, I don't remember if I forwarded the article that said that this came from the Wuhan lab. And that is the 2015 article, the lawyer asks. Uh, Fauci, yeah, uh, right. Co-authored. Uh, it, it, right. In part by Ralph Barrick and Shi Zheng Li that we talked about earlier. Uh, right. Shi Zheng Li is the bat lady. Earlier, Fauci went through, and I didn't get to this part. Again, it's like a 500-page document. Fauci had done everything he could to pretend he didn't know who she was. Well, I get confused with Asian names because sometimes uh, the first name is the last name and the last name is the first. And I get and, and I'm, I'm certainly aware that there was a lady. Uh, I don't know that this is her. He knew. There's a reason that they didn't want this stuff videotaped. This is the legacy of Dr. Fauci. It is the COVID hospital protocols that are continuing to kill people. It is the mRNA injections, which are injuring and killing people and are destroying people's immune systems and will continue to kill. That are destroying the ability for many people to reproduce and will continue to do that. And God knows what other possibilities exist within this mRNA code. What else they can do with it? His legacy is lies. His legacy is brutality. His legacy is the destruction of trust in the in the public health system such as it ever was. He is the lie. God and God alone decides if a man is redeemable. And uh, with God, all things are possible. I do not get to judge, but I get to discern. This man is the closest thing to walking, breathing evil that I've seen in my lifetime. His legacy is lie after lie after lie. Do you regret particularly the last one, the shutdown, the sweeping shutdown that some yeah. said made things worse? No, I, I, I don't, uh, Neil. And in fact, I think we need to make sure that your listeners understand I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. And the only way to do that is by draconian means of essentially shutting down a country. We know that we can do that if we shut down. Well, I think one of the things you really need to do to the extent that you can shut down Mm. temporarily Mm. the country, I think, is important. Well, if I knew at the time that shutting down would have such a dramatic effect on controlling the spread, obviously we would have shut down earlier. There are those who say you shut down your destructive things by disrupting the economy. And others say 
Well, if you save so many infections by shutting down, why didn't you shut down two weeks earlier? But I don't regret saying that the only way we could have really stopped the explosion of infection was by essentially, um, I want to say shutting down. I mean, essentially having the physical separation and the kinds of recommendations that we've made. You've been a big fan of Cuomo and the shutdown in New York. You've lauded New York for their policy. New York had the highest death rate in the world. How could we possibly be jumping up and down and saying, oh, Governor Cuomo did a great job. He had the worst death rate in the world. No, you misconstrued that, Senator. We'll continue to look through the deposition. It's an ongoing work now. It's not like Fatshore. I'm not trying to. See, his damage con- <laughs> continues into my voice. Oh, the hardest part of this is I'm required to pray for him. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be thankful that God gives us the opportunity, the ability to express ourselves through speech, and that despite their very best efforts, they can never, ever defeat the Lord. In fact, they haven't even succeeded right now in defeating us in sharing these truths.